1: today on abounding grace with pastor gary wagner
0: don't be afraid to be
2: bold but be wise and don't worry about the effect of the truth on people for as jesus said nothing is hidden that shall not become evident nor anything secret that will not be known and come to light
1: Remember as children in Sunday school, we used to sing the Sunday school song, hide it under a bushel, no, I'm going to let it shine, this little light of mine. Well, today we take a look at the parable that that little verse is taken from. Welcome to Abounding Grace from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. We're looking at Luke chapter 8, verses 16 through 18, the parable of the lamp and the lampstand. Now we have an awful lot of ground to cover today and tomorrow, so please stay with us as we understand the boldness and the confidence that we have in Christ to live out the light that He has placed in us. Here's Pastor Gary Wagner with today's broadcast of Abounding Grace.
2: Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 16. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, cover it with a vessel, or putteth it under a bed, but setteth it on a candlestick that they which enter in may see the light. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Take heed, therefore, how you hear. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and whosoever hath not from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. Last week, we began looking at this little parable of the lamp and the lampstand, And I had David Pyle read all the verses around our text so that you could see how this parable fits into Jesus' scheme of preaching here. So often, the Christian community will read through a chapter from the Gospels and see all the stories and all the parables as disconnected events. And in doing so, they lose the full context of what Jesus is teaching. And here, indeed, is a case in point. Jesus' preaching, beloved, is never disjointed, and everything in His sermons are placed perfectly so that we can see His unity of thought and come to understand His purposed conclusions. So this parable of one verse, along with Jesus' explanation and application, is placed exactly where Jesus wanted it, right after the parable of the sower and the soils and Jesus' explanation of why he taught in parables. The parable of the sower sowing his seed makes the point that one's heart is prepared and conditioned and it determines how he receives the preached Word of God and what effect his Word will have on the life of that person. And no doubt you recall by now, The several types of soils represent the various kinds of hearers who hear the preached word and then they respond in various ways to what they heard from hearts that are hard and not receptive to God's word at all to hearts fully prepared by God's grace to receive it, believe it, and apply it to their lives and the condition of those hearts are all based on God's sovereign grace. He alone, my friends, determines the condition of the hearts of men. And in the midst of this parable, verses 9 and 10, Jesus explains the reason he speaks in parables. The reason he communicates using this method is so he can hide the truth of the gospel from some while he uses it to reveal those same truths to others. Then Jesus presents his readers with the parable of the lamp and the lampstand or the candle and the candlestick, which at a quick reading seems to contradict his purpose for using parables in his sermons in the first place. First he tells us by using parables he reveals his gospel truths only to his elect while he keeps the same truths hidden from the reprobate. Now he says... Light the lamp of the gospel and place it on a stand so it will shine throughout the entire world, dispelling the darkness. So although Jesus most certainly tells us that he hides the knowledge of the gospel from the wicked reprobate, that in no way should lead us to the conclusion that we are to only present the gospel to a select few that we may think are meant to hear the gospel message. Beloved, we can't see the heart of any man. Rather, God has prepared a person's heart to receive the seed of the gospel that it will grow unto salvation. So we must not hesitate to present the gospel to everyone, God saved us. He gave us an understanding of the mysteries of the kingdom, and He made us His lights, not so we can hide ourselves in our homes and our churches where our lights cannot shine out into the world, but so we can set those lights on a lampstand so the whole world can hear His truths. We are effectually called. We are indwelled by God's Spirit for a purpose so that we can call out to others throughout the world His truths. And when His elect hear those truths, they come. God has predestined. He has chosen a people to inhabit His kingdom from every tribe and tongue and nation of the world, and He uses us to call them by preaching His word and witnessing of His savings truths to all those we come in contact with. You and I, Work hand in hand with the Spirit of God. So that when we say, come to Christ, to those who have by God's sovereign grace been chosen before the foundation of the world, then the Holy Spirit says, come, and they come. We are not made light so that we can be shut up in a closet. God makes us lights not to remain silent, hold up on our homes and churches, simply seeking a closer walk with thee, as important as that is. We are called as warriors to put on the armor of God and boldly proclaim His gospel message for all ears to hear, leaving the consequences in God's hands. Now, in verse 17, Jesus explains His parable. He says, Nothing is hidden that will not become evident, nor anything secret that will not be known and come to light. In other words, God didn't bring His kingdom into history through Jesus Christ that it might be hidden from the whole world or that the dignity and glory of Christ might be concealed from everyone except for a few handfuls of frozen chosen. The mysteries of the kingdom of God that are hidden and kept secret from the wicked reprobate will not be kept secret from the whole world. Through the preached word, those mysteries will be revealed and shine all over this globe, scattering the darkness of men's sins. That's the promise of God. And the point is, beloved in shining the gospel, the good news of God's sovereign grace, and the free offer of the gospel, and and all the rest that comes with it. We are to hide nothing that God has revealed in His Word from ourselves. We are to hide nothing that God has revealed in His Word from our families. We are to hide nothing that God has revealed in His Word from the world. You say, well, Gary, you know, I believe in all those doctrines explained in the Westminster Confession of Faith you know, doctrines like predestination. But, but I believe they're only for seasoned Christians. The only people you should bring that up with are people who have been Christians for a long time. They've got a good grasp of things, and it's not going to throw them for a loop when they hear it. Well, if that's what you think, I've got a little question to ask you. Where did you get... Such an asinine idea. Where did you get the idea that predestination or any of the doctrines from God's Word are only for mature Christians? You certainly didn't get that from the Bible. In fact, let me prove it to you. First, let me tell you a little story. I was once told by a man that I greatly respected. Not to slap people in the face with doctrine. He said, You need to bring doctrine in through the back door. I respectfully disagreed because, beloved, that is nothing but a bunch of malarkey. It is not biblical at all. There are some places in Scripture where Paul presents predestination to seasoned, mature Christians. And then there are other places, like in 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, which were written to a brand new church full of brand new Christians, not seasoned at all, where Paul spends a great amount of time teaching the doctrine of predestination to stabilize them in their faith. And not only that, when he gave his testimony to the Roman governors, unbelieving men, part of his testimony was how God chose him For a certain calling. You see, he knew that the doctrines of God's grace would humble and break his hearers if God saw fit to use it in the hearts of those hearers. We are called to explain and to apply to people whatever is in the Bible, wisely, boldly, and persistently to anyone who was willing to hear. We are to look for and create opportunities to explain all aspects. Of God's word to people because it is after we do that that the lamp is put on the lampstand shining with all of the power of Christ and bringing the light and the life of his kingdom into people's hearts and lives we're not to be ashamed of any biblical doctrine are any of you We are not to be intimidated by the negative facial and verbal responses of sinners to any truth of God that we present to them. We are not to present the doctrines that are more palatable only and hope that those people we are trying to win to Christ will not find out about what we think are the less palatable things that we believe like predestination and theonomy and the like until we have won them. This mentality that is so common in churches today, is insulting, I believe, to God, who revealed His truth to sinners, including predestination, for His own glory and for our benefit. God wants everyone to hear, beloved, and believe in doctrines like predestination. Everyone in the Bi- everything in the Bible is beneficial and profitable to everyone who will believe in the Bible. Holding back our explanations of the revealed truths of the Bible for fear they will offend is like having a flashlight that's almost out of power. It's fading fast, and within seconds, you'll be in the dark. Not holding back, but boldly and wisely presenting to people whatever the Bible says is like having a flashlight with a brand new energized battery, and everyone can see. And beloved, it is cruel to hold back from telling the saving truth, the biblical truths to people, just to keep them from being offended. Because as Jesus said, it is through the full and faithful preaching and teaching and witness-bearing of the mysteries of the kingdom, that the kingdom comes into the lives of its hearers. Therefore, brothers, don't hold back. Don't ever be embarrassed. Don't be afraid to be bold. But be wise and don't worry about the effect of the truth on people. For as Jesus said, nothing is hidden that shall not become evident, nor anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Mark's account of this parable is rather unique. If you would, please turn to the fourth chapter of Mark with me. Verse 21. Mark uses words in recording this parable that the other gospel writers didn't use. He puts an article, the, before lamp, and then he uses what our English version translates brought, but should more literally be translated come, and this is important, beloved. He says this from the English version, is the lamp brought to be put under the bushel or under the bed and not to be put on the stand? And here is how it should literally read, does the lamp come? to be put under the bushel or under the bed and not to be put on the stand. The use of the word come is intriguing because lamps don't come. Lamps are brought. But here it says the lamp comes. And of course it makes perfect sense if Jesus is talking about himself as the light of the world. He is the lamp And He has come, and in Him, the Lord Jesus Christ, is to be found the secrets of the kingdom of God. He is the lamp that will light the whole world. And the point is that through preaching and witness-bearing of the Word of God, that glorious secret which is hidden from the wise will be openly manifested to the entire world. That is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21 through 25. He said, since in the wisdom of the world, the world through wisdom didn't know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of preaching to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block to the Greeks foolishness. You see, you see here he knew the effect it was going to have on those hardened rationalists. But to those who are called to whom the bride or church says come, most will reason that they should not come. But to those who are called by the Spirit and the bride, both Jew and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God to the saved. And the gospel of His kingdom is preached and bore witness to the darkness of sin and evil will be scattered in this world as the new day dawns and grows brighter day by day. The focus of our witnessing and our preaching, therefore, must be Christ. The lamp has come, and this presentation of Christ must be unambiguous. Paul said, I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. This Savior who has been crucified has arisen and ascended to God's right hand and glorified. And this living person is King of kings and Lord of lords, and He is the one with whom we have to do. Beloved, that verse is often quoted, and and yet it is misunderstood. I determined to know nothing among you except Christ and Him crucified. Many say that Paul is saying we should limit ourselves in our preaching and our witnessing to a small handful of doctrines about Christ. Maybe things like the virgin birth and the atonement and resurrection and his second coming. All the other various doctrines we should put on a shelf so that uh, it won't confuse other people. Well, when Paul says, I determined to know nothing among you except Christ and him crucified. He wasn't saying, I'm going to limit my doctrines to just a few about the person and the work of Jesus. You're probably asking me, how do you know that? I know that because this same apostle said in Acts 28, verses 26 and 27, as he was leaving the church of Ephesus, I testify to you this, this day, that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. Paul says literally, I've gone through the scripture I preached every doctrine to you. I've gone through book by book and I I am not to be held accountable for anything that you have not attained to. You see, what Paul is saying is don't limit yourself by preaching Christ and Him crucified to just a few doctrines. But whatever you preach on, Whatever you teach on, whatever you bear witness to in theology or ethics, make sure, make sure the focus is explicitly none other than the living and glorified person of the Lord Jesus Christ. But don't fail to teach the doctrines. In all of your doctrines as preachers, make sure Christ is preeminent. In all your witness-bearing, Don't just talk about predestination, about the law of God, about Christian politics. Make sure that Christ is the focus of all your discussion in Christian education, in homeschooling. Make sure you don't just assume your children understand how Christ is related to algebra or geography or the history of the world and world literature. Make sure That in teaching your children in homeschool, in Christian school, that Christ is the focus of everything you teach, explicitly and overtly. And my brethren, I'm telling you this because there are many Christian textbooks that are used by homeschoolers that fall woefully short of the mark. They are at best conservative, and they are certainly not overtly Christ-centered. Now, because all this is true, because the kingdom has come and advances as the gospel shines all over the world, Jesus supplies his parable in verse 18. And he says, Therefore, therefore, since everything I have told you is true, since I am the preacher of the gospel par excellence who transforms people's lives through those who preach on my behalf, since I am the sower who plants the seed of the word in people's hearts and it bears fruit, Since I am the preacher of the parables who hides the truth from some and reveals it to others. Since I am the lamp and my people comprise that lamp and that lamp is not to be hidden but shine all over the world bringing people into the kingdom of Almighty God. Since all this is true, verse 18, therefore take care how you listen. For whoever has to him shall more be given and whoever does not have even what he thinks he has shall be taken away from him. Take care how you listen. Mark puts it a little differently in Mark 4:24. He quotes Jesus saying, take care what you listen to. Don't just listen to any preacher. <coughs> listen to faithful Bible preaching. And when you hear faithful Bible preaching, take care how you listen. Listen in such a way that when that word is planted in your heart, you're going to be ready to receive it, and it's going to bear fruit in your life. And if it doesn't, the results of that preached word rejected by you will be fatal in you. Don't be naive, beloved. Those who refuse to pay close attention to the preaching of the word of God will not go unpunished, because Christ plainly reveals himself in his kingdom in the preaching of the gospel so that no one is excused who refuses to believe it. And because Christ freely offers the life of His kingdom to whoever hears and believes that gospel, it is of the utmost and greatest urgency that you and I give that gospel and that witnessing of it and the preaching of it, the most careful, believing, submissive listening that we are capable of giving to it. Because as Mark quotes Jesus, by the standard of your measure, it shall be measured to you. That's an interesting phrase, isn't it? Be careful how you listen, because by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. What is that standard of measure? It is how you faithfully listen to faithful preaching. In other words, if you listen to preaching in a richly profound, attentive way, then the preached word will come to you with eagerness and with joy, and you'll receive a rich share in the kingdom of God, and that share will continue to increase as time goes on. The Westminster Shorter Catechism reflects this emphasis of Jesus made in the parable of the lamp and the lampstand and his explanation. It teaches us, that is, through the word of God, that the saving powers of the kingdom of God are manifested in a transforming and saving of sinners and its bringing of them into the kingdom of light. Question 89. The Shorter Catechism asks, how is the Word made effectual to salvation? Answer, the Spirit of God makes the reading, but especially the preaching of the Word, an effectual means of convincing and converting sinners and of building them up in boldness and comfort through faith unto salvation. So, reading the Bible is, of course, important. Giving people tracts is important. Putting Bibles into people's hands is important, but what our Shorter Catechism says, reflecting on the Word of God, is that the Spirit of God makes the reading, but especially the preaching of the Word, an effectual means of convincing and converting sinners and of building them up in holiness and comfort through faith unto salvation.
1: Eight six six five six zero seven is our phone number, 408 You're also welcome to visit our website. Drop us an email when you do, reformedheritage.org. Real simple, reformedheritage.org. A lot of information there about who we are. We would invite you again to stop by, reformedheritage.org. Or if you're writing to us, the address is PMB, Post Mailbox, four 402- zero two.